Hello and welcome to another episode of Simon Says. Let's talk business on Business Radio X. This is your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. We do all things sales and sales management. But this show is mostly about our guests, and I'm excited today because we're going to spotlight a tremendous professional. So you're going to want to have a pad, a paper, a pen ready to go. Take some notes because you're going to hear some great stuff today. So pumped. We've got a a great guest today, Kara Brown. She is the the owner. Well, you say you're the chief revenue officer. I love that. CRO, chief revenue officer of Lead Coverage. Kara, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Excited about this. Uh, exciting times we're in, interesting times we're in, and we'll get into that as well. But uh, sales, marketing, lead gen, all favorite topics of mine, and, and, it, and that show must go on. Huh? <laughs> Got For it. sure. Absolutely. So, Kara, we're going to uh, get into your company and what you do and how you're valuable so people can contact you and get great things to happen in their world. But uh, let's start out by just giving us, how'd you get from wherever to here? How'd you get here? How did I get on Al Simon's show? Yes. How, pandemic how, how did that happen? Atlanta. <laughs> I love it. I'll take you all the way back to 2006. I was very fortunate. I was one of the first 15 or 20 hires at a company called Echo Global Logistics. Very sexy. One of the first tech-enabled freight brokers. Uh, that company grew 3,000% in three years. Whoa. And I got to work on the IPO. Yeah, it was wild. It was super great. What a ride. So, um, my boss came over one day and he said, hey, we're going to go public. Uh, here's the banker's business card. Can you help us? And I was like, sure. Let's do it. Awesome. Let's go, boss. So that was an <laughs> amazing experience. And the gentleman that started Echo Global Logistics also happened to start Groupon. Oh, and I okay. just happened to sit next to the guy that was starting it. And he came over and he's like, hey, can you send this email for us for this coupon company? So I literally sent the first coupon email, which was super cool. I was never W-2 and I take no credit, but it's a really fun story. So from my days at Echo and the 600 West Chicago sort of entrepreneurial energy of Chicago in the early 2000s, I uh, ended up in Nashville to, to do another IPO. Long story short, it didn't work. Moved back to Chicago, popped out kids. Uh, and uh, popped out some kids and uh, said to my nuclear engineer entrepreneur, uh, uh, nuclear engineer, fitness model husband, another laugh line for you. He said, he's a trooper. I like him a lot. Hey, what are we going to do next? And he's like, I think you should probably start your own shop. Wow. So I did it in Chicago. I uh, went back to get an MBA as all type A moms do sort of for target pin money, just uh, I had two kids in my house in my pajamas. I ended up getting a full-time gig here in Atlanta moved here, fell in love with the city, never leaving. Great um, city. So when I exited that job, it's like, what do you do next? At the same time, someone had told me uh, less than 2% of female founders will ever break a million dollars in revenue. What? And I was like, yeah, it's 1.7%. It's a true story. It's an American Express number. They come out with a number every year. And it's less than 2%. It's 1.7% of female founders will break a million bucks in revenue. My and goodness. I was like, well, that's not that hard. Hold my beer. Let's go do that. So we did. <laughs> Throw down so, the gauntlet. I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Like, let's go, right? Goal-oriented. So uh, did that in about less than two years. It took us about, about a year and a half. We 
between 10 and 15 months, depending on how you ARR or not, right? Yes. And uh, so I did it pretty quickly. And EO is a huge part of that. You and I met through the entrepreneur organization. Grateful for your support of, of us, by the way. Yes. And uh, someone said, hey, this is the new goal. And so I was like, cool, let's, let's do it. Let's hit the goal. And so we are here in Atlanta and we do B2B lead gen only. So um, it's old, we don't do e-commerce. We're not in retail. We don't do like big, heavy social media pushes, things like that. We're hyper focused on B2B. And because of my supply chain background, we spend a lot of time in supply chain, heavy industrial and technology. Okay. So, so that's where the lead coverage connection comes in from. Okay. So, and, and so what does the lead gen entail? What exact services do you offer? Yeah. So there are six lead gen strategies and that's about it. Unfortunately, now that we can't go to trade shows or see people in person, there's really four lead gen strategies. Okay. So we walk our clients through it. It's pretty simple. Uh, we start with technology. We make sure that they understand what their tech stack looks like. This is another cool stat. The average B2B marketing technology stack is 17 deep. So that's your website, Google Analytics, your CRM, your marketing automation platform, your you know analysis platform how you do your ad like all those pieces have like have a technology associated and so yes. even though we think of b2b as like less marketing techy than like a coca-cola there are serious pieces serious marketing tech stacks out there and so we're sort of the martech stack expert 17 and then, levels ahead. 17 layers deep right that's what you said 17. Yeah, 17 pieces of technology in the average MarTech stack. What's your favorite so, one? HubSpot. Wait, no, if you want to think about um, it a minute. <laughs> I know, right? Sorry. <laughs> I, it's our favorite tool. There are there are an average of about 7,000 new MarTech tools that come out every year. Demand-based, one of the biggest in the, in the space, says that by 2025, there will be 30,000 MarTech tools to choose from. Thirty. So, Thousand. Thousand. So you can like hit a rock and hit a cold email platform, right? Yeah. Throw a rock, hit a cold email founder. I mean, the the the, the democratization of these tools since the mid two thousands has enabled individuals to create these amazing companies and amazing tools. Like we have one right here in town, Salesloft. Yes. Like the, the exact target Pardot story. Like those are amazing tools, but they're those are big companies. There are so many small competitors coming to nip at the heels of these guys. You can do this stuff for really inexpensive. We like HubSpot because it's easy to use. And the CRM piece of a MarTech stack is the center of the world. Yes. You know this. Like, if your CRM isn't capable of doing what you want it to do, or it's set up incorrectly, or you can't change it because you need to hire a developer to make changes, <laughs> Salesforce, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> you're dead in the water. You can't you can't make change if you can't make changes to your CRM on the fly, it's gonna be too expensive for you to be effective at what you need to do, which is fill the pipe and close deals. Yes. And so we really like HubSpot. We're a HubSpot Platinum partner. We've gone all in on HubSpot platform. We're tech as agnostic as in I'm a for former Salesforce admin, so I can get down and dirty if you need me to on you know their systems. But we really like the flexibility that a tool like HubSpot allows us to execute on behalf of multiple clients. So, you know, there are lots of tools out there like the Luxos of the world that are hyper specific to one industry, and those are great. 
Um, but being able to use a tool with such a robust API allows us to connect HubSpot to Aluxo or a membrane or whatever yes. else. But you're getting good metrics out of that and that helps the sales department, right? Yeah, marketing and sales. So one of the things that we believe in wholeheartedly at the organization is that marketing and sales are one. They are one team and marketing's whole job, and I'm a marketer, so I can say this, marketing's whole job is to enable the close. That's it. And so if marketing doesn't hold a bag and marketing doesn't understand the value of what they're doing to the sales team, not just to the end user, but to the sales team, you're just gonna be fighting an uphill battle most of the time. So we spend a lot of time with marketing and sales organizations helping you get aligned. I love how you said that. The marketing's job is to enable the close of the deal. Awesome. Set them up. Set them up. Yeah, it's one Set team. Them up. Knock them down. Yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, we do skill building and processes for sales for our clients. And um, one of the first things I ask when I get a new client is, okay, tell me about your marketing tools. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me about your lead gen. Tell me about how you get in inbound leads. Tell me how you, how you develop outgoing leads. How do you do it? Let me ask you a question, Kara, because uh, there's lately there's this this new kind of thing. I mean, in, in the past in sales, there's been hunters, you know, people that go after new business. There's been farmers, you know, people that are account managers and and grow it and keep an existing business. And lately, there's this new thing that we're calling fishermen, and I think it's right down your alley because fishermen are people who know how to how to put bait in the water. And then, and, and then handle the nibble, right, and, and pull that fish in. And that's what you're talking about, isn't it? Because you're talking about uh, using tools to get people engaged with the uh, sales professional. Yeah. Al, I'm so excited. Like, you just turned me on. Okay. Yeah. So we believe that the lead gen process is three things. Share good news. Track who's interested. Follow up. That's pretty much it. And what you just said about fishermen is entirely true. That's share the share good, good news, news, right? Yeah, that's the bait. Yeah. Yeah, that's the bait. Share good news. Yeah. Track who's interested, which is generally something marketing is bad at. Right? Really? Why do you say general, that? <laughs> they like math normally a corporate marketer's thing, right? So if you share the good news, make sure you can track who's interested. Yeah. And then follow up. Super simple. Can I tell you how we're how we how we pivoted this whole thing in the last fifteen weeks? And how excited I am. Yes, tell us. So, 15 weeks ago, my brother called mid-March, and he's like, "Hey, I just got laid off." And I was like, "I'm so surprised, little brother. You sell fancy chin implants. I can't imagine." He's like, "Okay, would you just, big sister, give me a break, give me a job?" <laughs> get out of my and face. I, yeah. Yeah. He's like, "Don't come on. Like, don't, 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 don't grind it in, right?" So he's like, "I was like, yeah. We would you want to just bang the phone for our clients? Like, so we deliver leads." two clients, and then normally their sales team is responsible for taking it the rest of the way. I was like, let's just try it, right? Let's see if we get you on the phone. Can we also deliver the meeting? Can we deliver the first call? Can you qualify for these clients? So we put him on the phone and he knocked it out of the park. Does he? Killed it. So we have now put almost 26 laid off sales reps back to work. Kara, that is awesome. That is so awesome. It's a win-win-win, right? So our clients, and everyone's at home now, right? Yes. So everyone's at home, so they're picking up the phone. We're seeing connections up almost 30% over last year. So phones are being picked up. People are at their desk. So our clients win because we're talking to their prospects. We are employing these folks that are laid off, and they're laid off. These are mid 
career sales reps laid off from yes. big companies, right? Yes. So these are 22 year olds we have to tie to a chair, right? These are folks that know what they're doing. And then it win, it, it's a win for us because we get to deliver more value than just the lead gen to our clients. And being in the actual revenue cycle has just blown everyone's mind. It's been such a win out. I'm so proud of it. You know, it's, we all need good news during this uh, pandemic. And, and, and I was going to ask you how the pandemic affected your business, but you already given us two clues. One is connections are way up and you've got people that know what they're doing, making the calls. The other one is you said you, you're using really four avenues these days and not six. What are the other four? Yeah. So um, we, we, think about, we think about them as social media, email, phone, and then sort of the like digital play, right? So the yes. top of so PPC, media, that kind of stuff. We think we think about PR as the tip of the spear. And I know like sales guys are always like, you say the word PR and they like they they just like leave the room, right? They go somewhere else. So hear me out. I'll give you an example. So we have a client, they sell robots and software for warehouses. Very sexy. Like I said, we're in supply chain. So very sexy, super long sales cycle super high LTV. We're talking three to 10 million bucks per deal, right? So we don't okay. do a long sales. So we share good news. This particular good news was, this is how we're winning for directors of the supply chain for retail. We did it in a press release. We did it in the New York Times. And then we did yeah. it in uh, a three series webinar called Facing the Board. And so what we did is we said, if I'm the VP of supply chain at Sephora, et cetera, Target, whatever, um, I'm terrified. I have to go talk to my board of directors about how I'm going to save our supply chain for 2021. So we made the webinar an answer to their internal problem, right? We love the Donald Miller story brand process. And he says customers buy solutions to internal problems. We had 150 people show up, 155 people show up or register for the first webinar after the PR push. These are super high level prospects. And then we had one of our people bang the phones post webinar to set meetings. And we set meetings with 18 people in two days. My goodness. At an LTV of, you know, average of 6 million bucks a pop. So it works like it works. It takes time, energy and attention, which yes. a lot of times is not a salesperson's strength, right? Like I'm a salesperson. I can own that. Are you saying um, we're all impatient in sales? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Detail uh, oriented. Uh, not sure what, what you're, you're I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I love about what you said out there was you was the way you started. You started from from what is that particular person in that particular company thinking about? That's where you started. You didn't start from hey, I got this great little tool here. I want to find a way to push it on people. You started from the other end, from the thinking of the actual person and what do, what are they going to need and how can you help them? We spend a lot of time on that with customers, and I think that's where marketing and sales, the combination of the two, the fisherman is super important, yes. right? So we do the, the Donald Miller story build process. Um, I, we, we base our, our business on two books. The first is the Donald Miller process, and the second is Aaron Ross's Impossible to Inevitable, right? Okay. So when we start an engagement with a new client, we send them these two books. Sometimes they read them, sometimes they don't. But uh, the Donald Miller process goes through seven questions. And the questions are, who is your hero, your customer? What is their problem, internal, external? How do you solve their problem? And then it's how are you empathetic 
to their problem? How are you the authority to problem? And what are the philosophical things that they should not have to be challenged with once they have your solution? So if you're the guide, what are the philosophical, the sort of philosophical changes? So you, Al, should not have to worry about lead gen when you hire lead coverage, right? You should not have to worry about pipelines. When, so that's an sort of our example. Yes. And we spend a lot of time on this because you're entirely right. We have a lot of clients, and you see it everywhere. You see it on LinkedIn, you see it on the news, right? Of people pounding their own chest and not listening to your customer needs to buy something to an internal problem, right? So if my internal problem is I'm going to get fired if I don't have pipe for 2020, and I'm solving the problem of pipe for 2020, I'm a lot more likely to close that deal than. I have a CRM. Oh my right? goodness, this is so good. I, you know, I, I, I have, um, I have some clients <laughs> <laughs> who shall go unnamed. <laughs> yes, who you know they have. Let's say they have you know a product line of say five or six different products, and one or two of them are not selling. Right? And so they tell the sales team to push this one or push that one. You know, uh, or you know, make deals or find ways to discount and push it. And I'm thinking, no, no, you're sleazy, you're slimy, don't do that. That's not what <laughs> professionals do. You don't push products on people. You solve problems solve for people. Problems, yeah. Sure. yeah. This is so and cool. And when you do it, it works super well. I mean, so we have a very happy customer because we're doing exactly that, right? Where they came to us because they needed pipe for 20, the end of 2020 and 2021. Yes. And put this engine to work. And now the president of the company said, I want you to come deliver this to the board. Like, yeah. I want you to, I want you to show them how this is working because this is incredible. Those are the moments, right? We made our client who's the CMO, we make her look so good. She hired us, right? They had a problem. They needed a solution. They hired the right team and everybody's happy. Boom, and I there think you go. If you sell a car or, you know, office furniture or any. It's yeah. the same idea, right? How do I delight this customer and solve their internal problem? Well, and you said something else that was very key, too, a second ago. Uh, you said people need pipe for end of 2020 and into 2021. And, and, you know, so many companies in different industries are, are, are affected worse than others by COVID. The ones that are really struggling, uh, but, but they're, they, you know, they have the wherewithal to see through, eventually see through. But if they wait to build that pipeline, they're going to have a longer downtime. They've got to be building that pipeline now. People need you now, Kara. They need you now. <laughs> I uh, couldn't agree with you more. Yes, people need me. But more importantly, if you don't hire me, it's fine. Go get the pipe now. We yeah. have been, since we went home on March 15th, we, every LinkedIn post I've been posting is someone is capturing market share right now. That's right. Someone. Business is being someone done. Yes. going to capture it. And yeah. if it's not you, you don't have pipe if you're not having conversations about how to solve problems in 2021 with your customers today or future customers they're gonna solve that problem with someone else yes and i was on a call yesterday with a bunch of other service owners through an eo network and and three times on this call i remember writing it down three times someone said this is not the time for biz dev oh. uh, they said this does anyone want to share at the end of the call? And like both of my hands went up and I was like, you guys, like your hair should be on fire building pipe. Like you should, yes. you may not close 
right? CapEx budgets are wrapped up right now. People don't want to know what's gonna happen. Like things like, yes, things are super tight, but when the floodgates open, like someone is gonna capture that market share. Better be ready. Yes, you gotta be ready. And you have to be ready with the pipe. You can't start the conversation in January about 2021. Exactly. Start the conversation today about now, I'm, I wonder if maybe they're thinking that you know selling is not empathetic. And I, you know, people have this this notion that the two are mutually exclusive, and they're not. Professional selling is very empathetic. Like you were saying, it's really about solving their issues for them. You can be empathetic, make sure they're healthy and well and safe, but let's get down and get let's let's fix things. Let's get ready. Let's do business. You know, let's not sit around in our pajamas going, "Boy, I wish this COVID thing wasn't happening." Yeah, it drives me crazy when I hear people say that. It's just, mm-hmm. To me, so actually, I was talking to a friend of mine in January, and I said, I'm waiting for the recession that's coming. I'm excited about the recession. He's like, what is wrong with you? Why would you be excited about the recession? I said, well, number one, talent is really expensive right now and really hard to get. And I can't grow as a service provider unless I have great talent. So I'm just going to go scoop up all the best talent that I can find when the recession hits. Uh, and I said, I'm really well capitalized for this. Like I've been planning yeah. <laughs> and we know how to build pipe, right? That's like, right. We, our team knows that we're doing it for other people. We know how to build our own pipe. And I knew that as soon as the recession hit, I could go out and build pipe that my competitors wouldn't be building yeah. and I could scoop up all this great talent. So I am not at all happy that it came with a pandemic. Please let me share that. Like I am not happy that the recession came with, with the death of so many people that is not at all what I was hoping for. Um, but a little baby recession correction is sort of what we were planning for to be able to do the things that we knew we could do um, in, a, in, a, in a recession. Yes, and smart business people are going to take advantage of it. So this, yeah. Yeah, this is Al Simon with Simon Says. Let's talk business on Business Radio X. Our guest today, Kara Brown with Lead Coverage, having a great conversation. Kara, I want to ask you a question about something a little bit different than than uh, what we're about because i know that you work a lot with uh, women in sales and you've got something that you call close her what is that all about yeah isn't that great close her close her i love it uh so my dear friend jordan arigetti and i she is uh one of the top reps at sales loft and she's just a total dynamite she and her husband are just amazing people uh she and i started a group called close her in 2017 and it's for women in sales so she looked around sales loft for a woman to be her mentor, her sales mentor, and there physically wasn't one. And hmm. she reached out on LinkedIn and she said, I'm looking for a couple of women sales mentors. And I said, let's do this. Let's make this. And so we've had, I think, a dozen uh, up until COVID meetings. We've had networking events and speakers and just gotten uh, almost 350 women on our list that are interested in sales, growing their sales careers. Uh, listening to women leaders in sales. It's amazing. It's super great. Great. Well, I've got a couple names for you. It might already be on your list, but we'll see. Yeah, I'd love to. Awesome. Kara, what's the most important factor in your success? Yes. So being the like, I think I think the question you're asking is like the entrepreneur sort of sales success. I'm also a woman in sales. There aren't that There's many that, of them, yeah. So. But we all know entrepreneurs think different than corporate types, right? I mean, they yeah. do. Yeah. Nobody wishes for a recession. That's <laughs> sort of weird. It's a random thing to, to think about. Um, but I think the most important thing has been the community that I've been able to surround myself with. 
Yes. So um, I think the someone when I got to Atlanta and I and I started to close business, we closed about a half a million bucks in work, and I was just meeting every person I could. I was new to the city. I wanted to meet every person I could meet. And someone said to me, you need to get into the entrepreneur organization. And then we found Launchpad 2X, which is uh, rocket fuel for female entrepreneurs run by Bernie Dixon, which has been incredible. I'm on the board now. Uh, 25% of Launchpad graduates will break a million dollars in revenue. And it's a a female incubator. Um, And then we are a member of WE, which is the Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative run by the city of Atlanta. So surrounded myself with as many smart people as I could. Not all women. There are men in EO. But <laughs> so there's some smart men in EO. Yeah, 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 a couple guys. Yeah, once, um, here and there. The female, the, the female contingency of the Atlanta chapter, I just found out today, is up to almost 35%, which is huge. That's so, great. A lot of women entrepreneurs in Atlanta. And the community I've been able to surround myself with has been so helpful. So everything from who is the attorney I should use for this to does anyone have a good realtor to I'm freaking out about COVID. I mean, the month of April, I spent listening to podcasts and webinars on the PPP loan and EBIL and how are you going to keep your business afloat and, you know, just relationships with bankers. I mean, the relationships that I've built with that community came in so handy and like handy feels like a not even a strong enough word. They were crucial. They really were. They were crucial to making it through April and knowing that we were going to be okay. Yes. Right. Um, I hired a coach. I love my coach. I have two coaches, Uh, but my business coach came from an EO connection and he has materially changed my life in the last three months. And I know that I'll get more out of that community as I mature as a business person. I'm not quite 40, so I know I have a long way to go, right? <laughs> and, and every time I sit down with folks in the community that thinks like me, I learn something. Funny story. My husband is an engineer, and uh, he's an amazing husband, huge fan of, of my husband, Eric. And we, w- we went to our first EO thing like together, and I went to the, the bar to get us cocktails, and I ended up having a conversation about EBITDA. And the gentleman I was talking to said, well, you take the EBITDA of the first company and you combine it with the EBITDA of the second company. And so you can get a bigger loan from the bank if you use the combined EBITDA and like went on and on about this thing. And we walked away from the, I was, I was very, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. We walked away from the bar and my husband goes, you have found your people. <laughs> <laughs> These are your people. Like who has the conversation about EBITDA at a bar? bunch of entrepreneurs like this is these are your people and i think if you can find your people whether it's sales people women in sales right like i don't it doesn't matter like find your plug people in and it yeah. helps so much yes plug in lifelong learners get great ideas yeah don't don't live in a vacuum all the book recommendations <laughs> yes so many books from my community like so many books text. so little time Okay. Well, Kara, do you have a, I know you're a giving person and, and well, EO in general is a giving organization, right? People helping people and not just each other, but also very community minded, very, very much uh, uh, nonprofit minded people. How about you? Do you have a certain, you have a, a particular give back goal? I know you're goal oriented. Do you have a give back goal? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. It involves my husband again, uh, Eric. So last year he hooked up with Marshall Moser, who's also an EO member. Um, with Festigo, and they created an organization to carry a woman who has um, a degenerative disease up 
Kilimanjaro. Oh, wow. It's amazing. So there are 10, I think there were 10 guys. They were supposed to go in September, um, and it literally canceled until 2021, but it's called Piggyback Venture. And they're going to carry a carton up Kilimanjaro. And my husband got to make the harness that she goes in. And I had the most amazing experience. We, we practiced going up Kennesaw Mountain. And I have two little girls, six and seven. And they practice, they have two harnesses and uh, Cardin, the woman that they're carrying, has to go from harness to harness. And so it's sort of a complicated process. You have two guys in a harness and like a, a sling, they put her in. Um, and my six and seven year old watching my husband help put his his invention, because he basically invented this harness for her to work, was the most awesome sort of moment for me in the last. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. I got it's chills hearing you talk about like, it. Actual Superman, right? Like my husband, actual Superman. So, in addition to helping all of the women that I can possibly help from an entrepreneurial perspective, like I'll have a, a chat with any possible one who wants to talk about scaling her business. Um, this is also important to us. So, he also then. Uh, used the same harness to carry a 13-year-old boy up a mountain to get his uh, Boy Scout merit badge. Oh. And he's disabled. And so just being able as a family to contribute to other people, um, having experiences that they wouldn't have before and having my kids be a part of it has been super cool. That is fun. very, very special. Very, very special. Well, listeners, I'm sure you've enjoyed Kara as much as I have, and if you're thinking at all about your pipeline and not thinking such great thoughts about your pipeline, you just <laughs> might want to get a hold of Kara. Kara, what's the best way to, to contact you? Yeah, Kara at LeagueCoverage.com. It's K-A-R-A, LeagueCoverage.com. Um, LeagueCoverage.com is a super easy way to find us. You'll see that we are focused on supply chain, heavy industrial, and tech. Uh, we have a sister brand called Smith Brown Marketing where we focus on everything except supply chain, heavy industrial and tech. Okay. Healthcare, recruiting, et cetera. All right. So everybody, you can reach Kara at Kara at leadcoverage.com, website leadcoverage.com. Thank you so much for joining us. This has yeah. been a great conversation. Thanks, Al. It was super fun. Yeah, it really is. Once again, Al Simon with Sandra Training by Simon Inc. And the show is called Simon Says. We've all played the game. Simon Says, let's talk business. Kara Brown with lead coverage. Excellent. And, uh, so as usual, we'll, we'll wrap up the show uh, with uh, talking about a question we get from our listeners. If you want to send me a question, send it to al.simon at sandler.com. Give me a question about sales or sales management, and uh, we just might feature it on the air. So today's question is kind of a long question. What is the best way to introduce myself to a prospect in order to segue into how I can be a benefit to them or their organization. Okay, so let me, say, let me read it again. The best way to introduce myself to a prospect in order to segue into how I can be a benefit to them or their organization. Well, I think Kara gave us some clues on that one a while ago. I mean, you'd be focused on what they're thinking and how you're going to focus on what they're thinking unless you're asking them questions about what it is that's bugging them. And, and, and don't use that, you know, that well-worn phrase, you know, what keeps you up at night. Please don't use that one. Please. I beg you. I always tell my clients, if you ever use a phrase like that, don't tell anybody I trained you, okay? <laughs> that usually works. 
All right. Well, there's different kinds of, of, of venues here in terms of being introduced to somebody. I mean, there's networking, there's LinkedIn, social media, cold calling, digital, you know, all the things that Carrie talked about for sure. Um, but the really important thing is to focus on what we call the pain. Focus on the pain. You can use third-party stories to start that conversation. You can say, hey, Kara, you know, when I talk to uh, CROs like yourself in, in companies a lot like yours, uh, they tell me that some of their biggest challenges include X, Y, and Z. I'm just curious. Are any of those, you know, touching a nerve with you? And then be quiet, right? You've done enough talking. And, and you know, whoever it is, you're, you know, so we call that a third-party story because you're, you're not saying, hey, do you have these issues? Or, hey, I know you've got these issues. That's another thing I want, don't want people to say when they're making sales calls is, I know I can save you money. Like, if you haven't asked any questions, you don't know, right? So, <laughs> uh, but focus on them. Focus on the pain. Have good conversations that talk about challenges. And then, if it makes sense for you to help them, you can help them. And that's today's sales tip. And this, once again, this is Al Simon with Sandler Training by Simon, Inc. You can reach me at al.simon at sandler.com. You can reach Kara Brown at Kara at leadcoverage.com. And uh, this has been Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. Kara, great having you here on our show. I uh, wish you the best. Looking forward to working with you. I got a lead for you, by the way. So stand well, by. Here you go. All right. Everybody, good selling. <laughs>